Yate, hello. Welcome to Real Native Roots Untold Stories, a podcast by a Native woman with deep roots, hosted by yours truly, Vicki Katsuli Boy Oldman. I am a lover of stories, a connector, and a holder of wisdom keepers. Each month, we will be connecting with our Native relatives and exploring what medicine our guests share and offer to us. Please join me on this uncharted journey to learn, connect, and reflect. Ayahat. Thank you. Hello, my beloved followers. <laughs> How are you all today? It's a beautiful day as I open the curtains and look out. It looks beautiful. So after this recording, I'm going to spend some time going up north to Santa Fe meeting with a friend for a late lunch. I really enjoy being with friends and with family and connecting, breaking bread, and hearing how life is treating my friends and family. It's one of the things that I love to do. I got us a poem, and you all know who my favorite author is. It's the one and only Richard Wagamese. I love this man. I'm so sad that he's no longer writing. He left us and is in a different plane. But I'm so grateful that he shared his gift with us by writing several books. The book that I'm reading from is called What Comes from Spirit. And it starts like this. I am drawn to ceremony like earth is drawn in its circle around the sun. To begin a day's journey without a smudge, a prayer, and meditation is to lack a center. Mm. I am not a holy man or a great ceremonialist. I only know that ceremony is the magnet that draws me closer to creator, to the grandmothers, to my essential and truest self. It doesn't have to be elaborate. Breathing is a ceremony when it is mindful. So is walking. So is looking at something that moves me. So is talking when the talk is real and earnest. Mm, I love that, especially the last thing he said, because I was just talking about that and how I love to connect with people and have deep conversations and really hear how life is treating them and just for them to feel like they're being seen, that they're important and that their teachings are important. Thank you, Richard. I know that you are doing good work in the other plane. I cannot believe this is the fifth year. It still boggles me that I've been doing this for five years. There's something magical about number five. I think it was on Instagram. Somebody was mentioning the meaning of five. It was saying something about it's going to be a year of change, transformation, shifting. I was like, okay, this is the year where I'm going to shake it up a little. I'm going to follow intuition. I got new merch, coffee mugs, and I got stickers. And thank you cards. So I am starting to invest a little bit more into my podcast and I'm just putting it out to the universe. Maybe the fifth year is about this is to find resources, scholarships, residency programs to really become a full-time podcaster. That would be amazing. Anyway, that's the update. At the beginning of each year, I always like to bring a beloved podcast follower who has listened to the podcast. I invited a beautiful, amazing woman who's doing so much in her community and with her family. 
She has been a follower since day one. She is from Santo Domingo, Pueblo, and also with the Laguna Pueblo, and also Hopi. She is a mother of four and a new grandmother. So congratulations on that. She's worked with the Postal Service. Also, she's a great writer. If you need a grant writer, hit her up. She got her associates in business administration and her bachelor's of business administration and currently working on her master's program. So without further ado, I would love to have you all meet our friend, Donna Tanario. Donna, bring your voice in. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing? I hope you're enjoying this beautiful Saturday. I am so excited and so honored to be here with Miss Vicky. She is an awesome podcaster. How are you feeling? I'm a little nervous, but I'm ready. I know we've had a discussion about bringing my voice out, and we didn't ever continue to practice that. So this is just like jumping in. Hey, sometimes you just got to jump in because I think we overthink things a lot. Like, oh, what about this? And what about that? And I think it's okay to do that every now and then, but sometimes you just got to jump in. So yay, you're jumping in. Yes, exactly. Like I said, I don't want to think about it. I just want to let's, let's just do this. Awesome. Well, Donna, I'm curious about your last name. Do you know the origin of your name and who named you? So my name, Donna, it's actually Donna Jane. I believe was a name that my father had. A friend in our community, in our culture, they pick a family, your godmother, when you're first born, and they take you to get baptized. That family names you. So once my parents asked them to baptize their children, it's all children baptized. So she's named all my siblings and me. But my grandmother on my mother's side, her name was Mary Jane. And so that's where the Jane came in. Donna Jane. Yes. <laughs> does anybody call you that, Donna Jane, or do they call you Jane? My uncle does, like people that knew, because that's how my dad called me, was Donna Jane. He will always say that. So one of my uncles, and my dad's not here with us anymore, but my, one of my uncles, he always, always calls me that. One of my other uncles, he'll throw in the whole name because he's just so proud of our last name, Tenorio. He'll be like, Donna Jane Tenorio, like every time I see him. <laughs> and the origin of ten Tenorio, tenor Tenorio. Ten Tenorio, yes. yes. I believe it's, you know, descendant all the way from the Spaniards and whatnot. But there's a lot of Tenorios in different Pueblos. But yeah, it's just, you know, my father's name from his father. and. Your papa is from Santo Domingo, yes. and then your mom is from Laguna, and she's also Hopi. Yes. So your mom lives in Laguna. My mom lives in Olaguna, the village of Olaguna. So how did you guys manage to go back to all the Pueblos? How often do you go Pueblo hopping? <laughs> I used to go more often, and I think it's because of my busyness now. But I was just thinking about that, thinking about different families and how I really try to stay connected with all of my families. In Hopi, I am out of the Palaka village. My grandmother was from there, Mary Jane. She had, I believe, five sisters. We, I only have one more great-grandmother 
out there right now. She just turned 93. To me, she's like awesome. She's still young and she barely stopped driving, which is amazing. She retired after 50, I think it was 53 years of of working at their school, their day school in Palaka. Oh, so sweet. And you're from two, three different Pueblos. How are they the same and how are they different? So the Pueblos I'm from, Laguna and Santo Domingo both speak the Keras language with very lightly different dialects. Maybe some can say it's more different dialects. I can understand both. I have to really listen on my Laguna side to understand the full information that's being spoken. And then in Hopi, they speak their own Hopi language, which is really hard. I mean, I know like thank you, and which is Esquali. We have a running joke because we went to a wedding once and me and my aunt, we're sitting there and I thought our, our weddings in Santo Domingo were huge, but Hopi was crazy huge. They brought truckloads, bread and flour. And in the home that we were at, they kept saying thank you constantly, which was Esquali and Kunana. Also in their villages, they have different types of dialect of their language too. The languages can be similar. In each community, they are a little bit different. You you were talking about the hoping wedding. So I'll tell you, one time my mom got invited. I think I was, I don't know, in middle school. We had no clue what to expect. We were just there. And they had literally a mud fight. Yes. (laughs) Those are so scary. (laughs) My mom was like, my you know, it was just, it was crazy. We had never seen anything like it, but that's quite unique. <laughs> yes, it is. When I was very little was the very first time. And I, you know, I was terrified. I didn't know what was happening. And then later on with this, I think it was probably about 10, 15 years ago when we were out there again. So the girl is responsible for the ceremony of like the bread, the donuts, the baking. The husband is responsible for all the meat, the stews and all that. So our family was helping out and I really wanted to learn how to make piki. Mm. And piki is called paper bread, which is finely ground blue corn, which is put over a very, very hot stone. And right when it was going to be my turn, we had got a call of an emergency back here in New Mexico. And so I never went back and and learned. So that's one of my to-dos. That's on your bucket list. That's on my bucket list. It's a beautiful art. I've seen videos where the hot stone and they literally have their hand on it. I mean, geez, I have kitty hands. I don't know if I can do that. Exactly. It's a challenge for me, but I still want to learn. Good for you. Well, I'll be a tester. So whenever you're ready. (laughs) So you're a new grandma? Yes. Not only Donna Tenorio, and I used to be like, oh, that's my children's mom. I was, I, sometimes you lose your identity and you're just like the mom. But now I am proud to say I am Kamari Sky Rain's grandmother. Oh, beautiful name. Yes, beautiful name. Kamari means moon or moonlight. Her grandfather on her dad's 
side is red sky. So that's where she got sky from. And then again, she was baptized in our Pueblo. And so when they took her to the church, again, it's more or less like tradition that the godparents give her a name and they came up with rain. So she got Kamari Sky Rain. That's a beautiful name. Congratulations. Thank you. People always tell me when they become a grandparent, it, it's a whole different feeling. Oh, it is. I, I always heard that too. I don't even think I can describe it. Pure bliss. Mm. And that's closest to what I can describe. Becoming a grandparent is like when you want to learn what pure bliss is and unconditional love, that's my granddaughter. Congratulations. Thank you. So happy for you. I am excited about hearing about your program. It's the OU Master's Program, Indigenous Law for Non-Lawyers. And you're going to be graduating this December. How exciting. Yes. That was another thing that I basically just jumped into. I went to UNM for my bachelor's in organizational leadership, the Anderson School of Management. And that was very tough. It took Mm -hmm. me a long time because I was working full time. But I finally reached that goal in the summer of 2020. So I did want to take a break and I didn't really think I was going to go for my master's. I kept seeing this on social media, this program coming up, the University of Oklahoma OU, and it is Indigenous Law for Non-Lawyers. So I heard one of my colleagues, she was in the program, and when she graduated is when she was telling me about it. And also her husband, Governor Lujan, told me, you know, I've learned a lot just by being a bystander. He goes, I think you should just really look into it. So I finally jumped in and registered. Law has always been intriguing to me, but the content of it being particular to Natives and Indigenous people, not only in the United States, but around the world, and then knowing that history of how Indigenous law almost created the U.S. law. And, and that is really intriguing to me. Oh, thankfully, I got all A's because, you know, I'm just one of those people that can't get a B. (laughs) It's really intense and really fast because there's so much that you want to really dive into, but then you have to go back in and know that you have to meet deadlines. One of the biggest things for me is digesting the information because of how how feelings can come up. You get sad, you get mad, you get just frustrated. And there's nothing you can do about it because it's history. So half of the half of the battle is digesting it, taking it in, getting over your feelings, looking at what the assignment is, and then writing professionally about it. That in itself is just like a big challenge for me. I feel for myself that this knowledge just makes me a better person. And knowing our roots, knowing history, real history, is just nourishing. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. I always hand it to women who are going to school, working full-time, and also as a parent. I know that you are a dedicated community member when events are happening and feast and ceremony. You're there helping, so kudos to you. I'm really proud of you. 
Thank you for sharing about that. Are you excited about 2024 and what it's going to offer you? I feel like at this time, and I am in my 50s, so maybe that's why it, it's special with this whole five, number five being special and ready for transformation as you spoke in the intro. I really feel that your podcasts are very nourishing. And I feel that's where I'm at in my life is mm-hmm. that I just wanted to nourish myself in not only food, but health, family, relationships, education and knowledge, knowing your history, knowing your background, and not only for myself, but to share that. Oh, it's so beautiful. It is, right? Those things matter. And the older I get and the more I see change happening in my family and friends, people getting older, my parents are getting older. I've lost some really dear friends this past year. One of them recently texted me maybe about two weeks before her passing and she was really excited. She's like, I'm finally going to retire. And she's an older woman. It just made me think, God, you know what? I'm going to jump in more. I'm going to do all the things I'm scared to do and I'm not going to overthink it. Life is too short and I want to experience as much as I can while I'm on this plane. When my brother passed away about three years ago, that was a big awakening too because I just think like when I go, none of the stuff in my home matters, none of it. And I pass it on, but for me, what matters is experiencing and connecting with people and doing my part to, to pass on the teachings. So I, and that's one of the reasons why I love these podcasts is because I learned so much from our guests, which is a beautiful transition to us talking about 2023. I, I looked to see how many I did. I only did seven. I was like, what? And I know what happened is because I was on the motorcycle riding all over the country. <laughs> this is the fifth year, Donna. I can't believe it. Fifth year. I did seven last year. I'm so glad that you came on to tell me about what you learned or what you appreciated about some of these guests. Let's just tee up. I don't know who you want to talk about first. I did want to bring it back to your poem from this morning. What he was stating about how you begin and what ceremony do you use in your daily life. And I'm proud to say that one of the things I've noticed is if I listen to one of your podcasts, even if I heard it before, going to work, that's part of setting my day up Mm. because sometimes traffic going to work is so crazy when I'm listening to a podcast instead of music I am more interested in what that person is talking about or contributing or teaching you and I feel that it grounds me for the day Mm -hmm. whatever kind whatever message they were bringing I love that you brought Richard's poem into teeing up this guest Thank you for that. I'm glad yes. that the guests that you listen to, you know, help you to get centered. So who do you want to talk about first? I'm one of those people like, we need to go in order. You <laughs> gave me homework, so we need to go in order. Remember, I'm still in school. <laughs> okay, we can go in order. So our first podcast guest was with who? Three ladies. Tara, is it Tara Lovato? Yes. Sandra Harrison and Shannon... Thought claw. Mm-hmm. And the title was, What About This Thing Called Love? Oh gosh, here we go. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. I have a note about singing. 
Oh, yes. I had them sing. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember. Yeah, you had them sing, and I thought that was, okay, there we go. That's like kind of reaching out there. (laughs) But one thing that I took from that, again, is I loved how one of them spoke to love as medicine for wellness, emotional, and affection. And again, going back to what I'm looking for this year, what I'm striving for more the the wellness emotionally, physically, spiritually, and relationship. And that's really something that's been on my mind with all these podcasts is, like you were saying, we've lost loved ones, we've lost friends, we hear of deep, different people that we've known leaving this earth. And I think really being there with whoever you're in presence with. So I do try to make it out to see my mom most of all. My daughter and my granddaughter just came home. Her father is from Oklahoma, and they spent six months in Oklahoma, and they came home right before Christmas. Now they're in my presence. So again, being there, keeping ties with extended family and friends. Mm, Thank you for sharing how that podcast made you think about your family and the connection. That was a really fun podcast, actually. They all came here, and that was the first time I had all the mics up. We talked about food. We talked about jewelry. We talked about first crushes or first love. And I loved how the women brought in stories about their grandmother and their mothers or their aunties, how they modeled that or what they learned from that. I really enjoyed having them on there. The karaoke was definitely taking a risk. I wanted to see what they would do. It was fun. And I enjoyed hearing their personal stories about how their parents also influenced them about what love is. I think the second podcast was Ash from Aseki, badass indigenous black woman who is an entrepreneurial in many different fronts. And I loved her energy. She was funny and she she made me giggle throughout. I remember before I heard about her makeup line, I always thought, God, it'd be so cool to have a Native person came up with makeup because it was always tricky to find the right makeup color for my face. I appreciated her big energy, definitely a visionary. She's a great personality. What did you think of her? I was so astonished by all her stories. To me, she's really young and she had so much life already lived in her businesses, talking about the guitar. I think it was the guitar stuff that she was doing with her music. Oh, she found an artist. So she's starting, she's a producer now. Yeah, like producing and supporting that. I thought that was amazing. And I just think some of these young people that are up and coming are just like, wow, like, what was I doing back then? You know, Um, right. (laughs) So I was really, you know, just intrigued by her, like you said, her energy, her talents. Me, I feel like I'm still searching for that. What is my gift back? What is my talent? What am I going to share? How am I going to share that? Listening to these podcasts over again, a lot of things like we say we're going to do or we think about it, but we don't do it. And right after I finished listening to the podcast with her on it, I'm like, I'm ordering my makeup right now. 
I thought I was going to have a hard time finding my color. So I just kind of got my, what I usually use and it came in like two days ago. So I've had it on for two days and I love it. I really, really love it. So you got the makeup? Yes, I got the powder to cream. I love it. it. It's just exactly what I need. So if any of you out there are looking for a good makeup brand, native made to our skin tone, so I would say our greasy fry bread faces, <laughs> it works. I agree. I love her lipstick, her lip line. So I have two of her lip line. I got the black one. And then I love her eyebrow. What do you call it? It looks like a mascara, but it, the, at the end is like a ball. Like it's perfect for your eyebrow. I've tried also her facial products. I love her scrub. Yeah. So she has really good quality makeup. And what I appreciated, my son who helps me with my podcast, he actually learned they're literally fresh and it's only like it goes through one person, one point of entry before you get it. It's not going through different hands. When you go to a cosmetic store and you buy from another brand, it's gone through multiple hands. They do mass production. So you don't know if that makeup was made two years ago. Whereas with Ashe Beauty, literally you will know like that was a fresh batch you got. So that's what I appreciate about her makeup because they expire. To know that it's fresh and not mass production, I think was great. And I appreciate your son did the research and you mentioned that they don't mass produce. I would be like, why is it taking a while? But, you know, you're more patient about it. So that might be like more or less an advertisement. I didn't know makeup expired either. So I started looking through mine when I first listened to your, and I'm like throwing stuff out. I'm like, oh my God, I don't even know how long I've had this. I literally had got rid of a lot and I was sad. I know because you, you accumulate everything and they're costly and you're like, have it for 10 years and this is not good or it's your favorite like for me it's a favorite I'm like oh my god and I'll look for another one it's like the last color or whatever exactly so now I use my stuff I'm like they all have expiration dates I'm not going to save it I'm going to use it I appreciate her speaking our language if you notice in the podcast she did as much as weaving in some of our Navajo language and I just loved it. She made me laugh because she said, Iji. and I'm like, I don't think people know what that means. She's like, it's like ashy. She's so funny, but I love her. Try out her products, but she's doing all kinds of other things. She sells coffee, saddles, and she's starting to go into production, finding new talent in terms of music. Follow her on Instagram, Facebook. She's a great entrepreneur. So who's our next guest? Ms. Marianne Bullhead. I really loved her story about her job and about how she said women would make great detectives or officers because of their attention to detail. And I truly, truly agree. And, and just to bring that and, you know, even listening to her, I'm like, oh, she needs to go out there and say those things and recruit people and, you know, introduce this line of work to females and to the Native American community, because I think, again, going into law, and this semester, I just started the first week of criminal jurisdiction. The more we populate these areas and these spaces and these opportunities, the more we can make change. 
Absolutely. A hundred percent agree that we as Indigenous people need to be in every line of work and they need more of us, electricians, plumbers, law enforcement, nurses, doctors. And I know a lot of us are in those spaces, but I know when I hear and talk to other Indigenous people, like we need more. And yeah, Marianne Bullhead, I wanted her to come on mainly because of her feel, her line of work. I don't know many female officers and I can't imagine what she had to deal with because right now she's in retirement mode. She loves being retired. And you know that she dealt with other males and even being indigenous, not even just with her peers, but also the public. So I was just inspired by her. I appreciate how much vulnerability she shared at the end about her trauma. She kept emphasizing that we need to heal ourselves. And she mentioned, you know, she she's gone to therapy and she's done her healing and still healing and how her past trauma being in different battles in the military, all of that has stacked up to where she has PSTD. I know she has worked towards addressing that through different modalities of healing. And I love that she also mentioned the issue of sexual abuse and that we all need to step up and say something because we all know people that have done that and we need to make that stop. I just appreciate her vulnerability and how she opened up and shared, but also it was sort of like a call to action to folks about when you know something is not right, you should call out on that. I hope she writes her book. She was talking about having a children's book and I think that would be a fabulous way to have young people understand the role of an officer. I also agree and with her role and sharing her story, it made me think about other female officers that I do know, seeing that beyond just seeing them as in active duty, but also knowing like, okay, they're going through the same thing. They're having these challenges too. It gave me more of a respect for them, just hearing her story, but also agreeing that our communities, we do need to speak up. We need to change that past, that trauma that we bring on to ourselves and bring into our own communities at every level, not only because you're an officer or you're a teacher. Every family member needs to speak about these things and really fix the problem. And I think the more you speak about it, even if it's in a general sense, the more they're aware that it is not something that we need to be doing to our communities. I'm speak for myself. The older I get, the more courage I have to just have hard conversations. I'm not afraid to like, oh my God, what's that person going to think about me? And it's because I feel like when we are clear and honest and direct, it's less harm that we're doing. I feel that we as a society need to work on having hard conversations, but in a gentle, graceful way. You can be direct, clear, honest, and transparent without hurting somebody. I think we need to do more of that. The other thing I'll just say, and I'll, I'll tee up the next guest, is Marianne, if you're listening to this portion of the podcast, I still need to go to your closet and see all your regalia. I can't imagine what her jewelry looks like. So I'm going to invite myself over this year, just so you know. <laughs> Our next guest is Wade Fernandez. Oh my God, Wade Fernandez. This man has wisdom. He's just so eloquent. 
he's a calm, gentle demeanor, like his spirit, but he's wise. He, he played the flute at the beginning, and then later on he played again. And I appreciated when he had said, instruments come from nature. There are stories. When you think about the flute or you think about the guitar, those instruments come from wood. They come from nature. And he was saying that is where he finds music is being in nature. So poetic. And I also appreciate it when he said, we all need to share a little bit about ourselves. And, and something to the fact of like we're teachers and that we're giving back. And if some of us don't share about ourselves, share a little bit about ourselves, we're not doing our part to pass on goodness and the teaching and the education. The other thing that I really loved was about doing your best to be fully present when you're eating, being present with the meal, right? When you're with a friend, being present with a friend and not get distracted with the phone and try to fully there with that person. I could listen to him again and again and again. I listened to him on the road. And I think that's one of the times where I did make that choice to really show up and be present. Life can get in the way of doing that. But, you know, it takes just that mindfulness. Be present in that space that you have been invited to. Learn to just relax and listen and share whatever conversation they want to have. Every single time I felt a lot better that I didn't shoo him out the door real quick with just like a quick answer. He is such a beautiful person. Check him out. So who do you want to tee up next? Someone you interviewed that actually helped me with a couple of assignments last semester, Simon Moya Smith. I listened to him at a time where I was studying a lot of the history and all his knowledge that came into play. And one of the biggest things that really hit me as I was studying and reading and writing was, we're not here to change. What, what is it? We're not here to change the, the narrative. We're here the to narrative. Correct. We're here to correct. It just hit me like that's what I'm studying and why I'm studying it. I can't change it, which, like I told you, is it is very hard to digest that this, these things happen that are really hurtful and unjust and inhumane almost to that point. And he'll say, no, you're downright. It was inhumane. And yet it's our history. It's our past. It's our legal system. And that's where we're deriving from. What I appreciate most about Simon is that he is uncensored. <laughs> Yes, He's just real and raw. He tells it like it is. He's not going to fluff it up, make you feel at ease. He's just going to tell you these are the facts and this is what happened. I appreciate that because I want folks to feel good and comfortable. But there are topics where there's just no way to make anyone feel comfortable. When I met him, he was saying, you either like me or you don't like me. And I was like, okay. Then I start researching, hearing him on different platforms. And then I'm like, oh, I see. And he seems like he would be intimidating. I was like, I know he's not intimidating. I just know in my core. And we got to know each other. That was also the other angle of doing the podcast is I wanted people to know his story. He's human. He's a son. He's a grandchild to a beautiful grandfather that he's funny as hell. And he likes tacos. And, you know, he, he's human. I wanted people to see that side of him 
And to also let people know beyond being a journalist, he's an artist as well. I just appreciated Simon having him come on, giving the simple podcaster a chance. And now like I see him everywhere and I follow him still, but I am just so happy that he came on. And I'm glad that you are learning from him and use some of his articles and his work into what you're studying now. That is amazing. So Simon, shout out to you. <laughs> All right. Our next guests, Brian and Molina. Oh, I, I loved interviewing them. They were so cute. They were. And with that story, it just led me to think about my granddaughter. My daughter went to IAIA and that's where she met her boyfriend from Oklahoma. That's how my granddaughter came about. Just listening to how they treat each other, how they talk to each other, how they talk about each other. I'm still like intrigued by these young people and how mature a lot of them are. A lot of my colleagues and dear friends are younger than me. My daughter always says, you always steal my friends. <laughs> I just meet them in other realms of my work. But yes, my youngest daughter and her boyfriend met at IAIA. She's back up there. She wants to get her art degree and become an art teacher. She's back in school and baby Kamari is seven months. So it's a good time. But that couple, I really enjoyed just listening to the, their story because it was like a native love story. I love reading love stories and listening to the podcast. I was like, there is a native love story right there. Yeah, I loved Brian's story in terms of him sharing that he was adopted how his wife, Melina, helped him find his family. I also appreciated him sharing how Melina supported him during a time when he was grieving, the values that they have for each other. And Melina, she's so sweet. She's an amazing artist as well. Both of them are artists and their own art form. And I love how they support one another. But Melina is just so creative, so gentle, so kind. And I love how she described her family. You know, she's like, yeah, we're just all loud. And we're always teasing each other and it's taking a while for Brian to kind of get used to our family. And it just made me envision like a typical Native family, you know, we're always poking at each other and teasing. And that basically means they, they love you, right? Also bringing art as a form of healing. We all are artists. I had a couple of friends of mine who are also adopted. They said they really connected with that story because it's like almost trying to find your roots again, like this piece that was found. I just had a conversation with a colleague about her relationship with her mother. Her mother lost both her parents when she was very young. A family in the Midwest raised her. We just talked about how that whole situation may be a reflection on their relationship. That's another thing that a lot of people don't talk about. I, I don't know what it is, if, if it's like, shame of not being raised by your own parents or that this thing happened. But yet it's happened to a lot of people that I know. And I do believe it's just finding that root. We as maybe all people, but indigenous people need to go forth and grow, even though like he was saying, I wasn't ready for it, but he was and he didn't know that. And everybody else was excited for him and it was just strange for him. So sharing that and, and how it feels if you're that person. Yeah, for sure. So our last guest for the year, 
as you call her, like the queen bee of Native economic development. I don't know how long ago Dapple was, just the part she took play in that, in almost reversal of economic development, getting these huge businesses to back out of supporting that and showing people you're going to lose money if you keep supporting this was like using that knowledge in reverse to protect our land. That was amazing. The guest we're talking about, her name is Rebecca Adamson. Rebecca, you're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) She is. And she is like brilliant. Just she's brilliant. I would say like a visionary. She gets things started. Once things are in place, she hops to the next thing. The one thing I appreciated about her, because I asked her a little bit about leadership too. She says, I never really see myself as a leader. She says, I do my best to just, she'd even use the word mentor, but just sort of assist and help and give what I can. And then I, I move on. Like she really believes in the next generation. She feels like we're in good hands with the young people in terms of like how smart they are, how quick they are to really catch on. And she right now is like doing all this work and investing, looking at creating portfolios. If you're like in the investing world and you're like into economics, you need to listen to this podcast, how all this work that we do is really value-based, indigenously value-based, that we are about reciprocity, about giving back. There's a video out on YouTube where she shared a map of how, you know, the the folks in Alaska, the indigenous people there, when they hunt, they distribute the meat to all these villages and they show how that distribution is like a ripple effect. When we share, it feeds literally all these villages. And then they did the same thing with like money and then it, it didn't go as far. Her sharing that analogy of like, we've been doing this for a long time. This country is really based on greed and self it's a really good podcast. I listened to it at least four times. I really wanted to take notes. I would highly encourage you to listen to at least two, three times because you're going to miss things. And so when you listen to it again, like, oh, I didn't hear that. I would recommend that for all these guests. It's good to listen to the first time, but if you listen to it again, you will hear something you didn't catch. Yes, exactly. I think I've listened to her three times now. Every time she intrigues me. I consider myself a little bit like her, like how she said, a lot of people don't like change, but I need it. I am like that. You know, I need that change or to grow. And also that I'm here to assist people in their talents with sharpening their tools and their tool bag and giving them knowledge or insight of what I've experienced in any of my journeys and my careers and my education. And she, in her space, talking about Visa and how that giving back. And also one of the things because of my new granddaughter, I can remember, I think she said it was a Choctaw toddler that was made. And that I thought was really special, especially for a young child or toddler to when they learn to walk. What are you going to do with your walk? Is you're going to give, you're going to give, you're going to, how special is that? That really hit heart to me. Mm. At the beginning, I thought I wasn't recording. Oh, yes, I was. And she said, you are still on that bike. And I know exactly what she meant. And I laughed. I did. I was laughing and I was like, that is so 
Vicky on that bike. <laughs> I was like, should I take that out? She made me laugh, though. She's like, you're still on that bike. I'm like, yeah. In other words, I'm moving too fast. That made me laugh. I loved her song, The Gambler. Oh, yes. That was perfect. It was for so her. suiting for her. Yes. <laughs> Well, she's amazing. I, I really love listening to the podcast. Again, Vicky, I think these podcasts are nourishment for me. I think probably for a lot of your listeners, there's there hasn't been that space. Like we say we need to have these conversations. This is part of your giving back. And it is truly a blessing and nourishment for your mind, for your spirit. And, and I truly am honored that. I know you. I've been just like spreading the word. I have this friend that has, you know, if it, if something's triggered by they're talking about something and I just like really advertise your podcast. Oh, you are <laughs> so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And the honor's all mine that you're here and that you are listening and, you know, taking wisdom and how it's nourishing your heart because it's a ripple effect. I think that when we take care of ourselves, we nourish ourselves then we show up in a good way for other people around us. So you show up as a better mom, a better grandmother, a better sibling, a better relative, a better coworker, and we need to do more of that. So I hope that this brought you interest and intrigue to listen to some of the podcasts that we talked about. Of course, we couldn't go through every single point in it, but things that really spoke to us. And as you know, Donna, what I always do is like a fire round, a rapid round. So I have 10. All right. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Text or talking? Talking. Nickname your relatives called you? Mm, just Donna Jane. Last song you added to your music playlist? Loving on Me by Jack Collin. Wasn't he on a show with that? I, I don't know. Even, I don't even know who he is. I, I'm so bad at names of artists. The songs I know. All right. <laughs> Invisibility or super strength? Super strength. Gal of one to ten, how good are you at keeping secrets? Ten. Native celebrity crush? No. <laughs> Come on. James Jones. Okay. I was going to say, he was on your podcast. He was. He was great. I know he fun. was. That was a good one, too. Say a word in Spanish. De nada. Favorite native movie or show? Jeez, I can't think of it. I know. I can't. I just blanked out on the name. It's with, oh my gosh, I can't think. I have to come back to that. Okay, I'll come back to that. Do you have a bucket list? Not really. And number 10, do you believe in love at first sight? Hmm. Yes. Okay. Did you come up with the movie? You know, the one with the guy with buried hair and his glasses. Smoke signals? Smoke signals. <laughs> Jesus, I just couldn't think of the name of it. Sorry. It's funny because I was thinking, I'm like, what is mine? I'm like, God, it's always, you know, that's the first one that came to my mind. It's like, I like smoke because signals. Because we're always like quoting different things. Those are my 10. So last words to our guests. One of the biggest medicines, I think. And you've talked about it probably in almost all of your podcasts is listen. And listening with intent or listening with your heart. So listening and going back to Ms. Adamson about facet 
strategic planning. And all it was, was I just want to listen. Well, there you have it, folks. The word of wisdom for you all is to listen more. Thank you so much, Donna, for being here, for sharing how these guests moved you and what learnings you harvested from it. And listeners, thank you. Welcome back. And I already recorded the first guest, our next guest, who is a Métis woman, beautiful woman, model. She knows so much about her history. Look out for that. We'll see you all soon. Blessings your way and be in a good place of grace and love. And listen. All right. Over and out.